Hello and welcome back to Podcasting's Practice. I'm David. I'm here this week with Jamie. All right. James. Hello. Rob. Hello. And special guest, Ben. Hi there. And this week it's COPS. Um, it's another cultural committee on COPS um, and COP shows, etc. Where we are not going to talk about Justified. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about good cop shows, apparently. You can no, talk we... about middling cop shows that are yeah. good, just not Justified specifically, because we are going to do an episode on Justified. I've been swayed. We will finally talk about it on another episode. Yeah, once once a certain someone like gets his pulls his finger out and actually watches the fucking thing. I'm on season three now. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. It's just jealousy, David. You get to experience it all fresh, so I know that's that's exactly it. Um, so yeah, uh, cop shows, copaganda, and all the other lovely little influential pieces of media that make you think cops good if you don't analyze them for more than a few seconds. So, um, I'm just gonna throw they solve all the crimes, and there's you know, there's no more criminals on the streets of Springfield or wherever. (laughs) Uh, yes, but also no, because, um, if you look at Midsummer, um, like three thousand percent of their population are actually murderers. <laughs> but, is this um, where we do? Is this where we do a smash cut to some upbeat, jaunty music and have like introductory, zany-looking kind of antics on the YouTube version of this? Is that no, what we're going to do here? No, because that sounds like effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Jamie, you were the one that really wanted to do this, so why don't you start us off with some some good old copaganda? Yeah. Um, well, I think it, given that we're on day two of the uh, like DC Comics discourse right now, as we Foxy. record this, probably oh, we should Christ. probably start by comparing like how uh, Batman is basically the stand-in for all TV cops. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. It's it's that whole thing where like crime is just out of control, and if you don't like like maim the fuck out of like muggers, then like crime wins. Do you know what is I mean? Is this like Batman is the stand-in for all TV cops and a Punisher is the stand-in for all real-life cops? Is that how it works? <laughs> I mean, the Punisher's like largely the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, all like cops in the real life all like paint the Punisher skull on their cars because that's the sort of like level of delusion that they aspire to. You know what I mean? Where if they, <laughs> if they weren't the thin blue line that was like emptying 40 rounds into a, into a guy who they just thought looked shifty, then like society would crumble and we'd all like you know what I mean? Like in the in the in the the world where we abolish cops, everywhere is crime and everyone is murderers. As opposed yeah, to that the, is true. But as opposed to the reality whereby whenever the NYPD go on strike, crime goes down and things are more peaceful by a noticeable amount. Like not a statistical aberration or, you know, jitter. So uh important to bear that in mind. It's almost as like the cops aren't really necessary. The NYPD are just the fucking worst, like. Um, did you ever read that article a couple of years back about how none of them, like, know how guns work? <laughs> I think I caught it, actually. This is the one where they um, did the, the, the follow-up on how many hours of firearm training your average NYPD cop gets, and it's, like, in some cases, effectively negative they're that bad with it. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. The thing I remember is that like they they basically accidentally shoot each other and the public so often 
that they've just they've had a, a thing where like every so often they've gone maybe we should make the guns like a little bit harder to fire so they stop accidentally like <laughs> shooting themselves in the dick and so now like the the, the handgun the issue you the nypd requires some like insane amount of force to pull the trigger and so none it's of like a, is this like a Fisher Price thing or something? Is it, does it come with brightly coloured buttons on the side? No, no, it's just a regular gun. They just keep like tightening up the spring on the trigger or whatever. So like it, it now this... requires so much force to pull the trigger that none of them can shoot straight. They always just take out bystanders <laughs> whenever they like try to shoot someone because they just like have to See? put like their whole weight into the trigger pull. But um, is it was this a... the same. <laughs> is this was... the same pistol where the safety catch was removed from like the side of it? And was actually put on the trigger. Maybe. Could, like, it I could think be. it's I think it's the one of the latest Glocks or something like that. But there's like a second little bit at the bottom of the trigger, which is the safety catch. All oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. No. It, it no, won't I think... go off if you like drop it or something like that. But like if you if you get a fucking itchy trigger finger, like you will kill someone. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know the, like another thing cops. you mean, but there, there, there was a there was an incredible story in that about um, a, a sergeant, I think, in the NYPD. Who um, took it? He had he he was at home at the weekend. He took his gun out to show his like his mate. His mate was around drinking, and they wanted he wanted to see his gun. So he took the gun out to show his mate. And in the course of them fucking around with the gun, they cocked it, and the guy like didn't know how to decock it. So he wrapped <laughs> he wrapped a scarf around the the hammer, and then had what? to like what? just keep it like that <laughs> until he got back into work on the Monday and asked a grown up to like fucking. <laughs> like de- disarm his fucking gun, and anyway, oh, these these well. these are the people that that like cop shows try to make seem good. Do you know what I mean? You've never seen like that on a. You've never seen like the fucking like NCIS crew accidentally like. Do you know what I mean? Oh fuck! I've I've cocked me like Uzi. I'd better like just keep it like <laughs> stick a pillow in it and just like hold on to it until I get back to work and ask a fucking adult. It's basically meaning that those two guys in Brooklyn Nine Nine, the older ones that we all make fun of, yes. that is basically your average NY cop, except more malevolent. Yeah, that is the real cop is more malevolent. Yeah, um, yeah. Hitchcock and Scully. Yeah, that's, that's the ones. yeah, yeah. They are they are literally like the because um, like it, it, that's the thing. Like all all cop shows try to make it like sort of glamorous. Well, while mm. still like they they paint like characters like that where they're just absolutely like fucking complete like meat wreckage, and they just <laughs> like um they try to make it seem like somehow like cool and sort of like tragic, but at the same time like a cool kind of tragic. They're all like they're always like, oh, I gave the best like forty six years of my life to this job, and all I've got to show for it is seven divorces and an ass that <laughs> cannot be wiped, or some shit like that. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> And you just meant you meant to go. All right, yeah, that guy seems awesome. You know, like yeah, it, it's also great. Like you've got TV shows like Bosch, the Amazon Prime kind of original one, which I I'll be full disclosure, I quite like. Right, it's it's total dad TV, but it's competent at what it does. Yeah, and um, like that show is it, it, you know it's based on the books, which are basically the archetype for this, which is like you know the cool cop who's former special forces kind of shit, um, who's now working a really tough beat, but you know uh, plays hard, but is ultimately fair and is out to get the bad guys kind of thing and it's just like it's it's they see themselves as like these tier one operators whereas the actual reality of it is mr scarf hammer as you've described (laughs) well that's a slightly different thing though i feel that's something more of like the last couple of years the because tier one operator that's that sort of you know special forces uh, no i think i think it's been i think it's been around it used to be if you look 
like old stuff like NYPD Blue or, or stuff like that, you know, that was much more, you know, just depressing and grimy and people with trench coats on sort of slogging about, uh, you know, solving crimes. But now it's much more like whiz bang. And, and as you were saying about the Batman thing, like now it's all like amazing technology caves and that kind of shit. Yeah. Well, that, that shit really started. The amazing technology caves really started with um, CSI, such that it is like it's it's hard to explain that the show CSI Crime Scene Investigators has actually changed the justice system in the United States. Yeah. And changed it, arguably for the better? Question mark with with lots of fucking caveats to that, because now juries expect there to be like this super tight evidence for everything, whereas previously the cops could just basically come in and go, yeah, he did it. Now the audiences yeah. or, and who are becoming juries are now like, well, well, yes, but where's your latent fingerprints that you lifted from like a discarded toaster three three miles away, which led you to an online like they're looking for this kind of detail, the kind of shit, and the cops don't have it because most of the time it's just kind of, you know, fabricated. Yeah, I cannot yes. convict until I've seen at least three zooms and enhances. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I've seen prosecutors complaining about that, and it's it's great. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I actually do my fucking job now. Thanks. <laughs> but is that sort of because, like the at least that's sometimes how it feels to me that like there's much more uh, of an emphasis on like the confessional and the conversation. Now it's much more like about oh, we got to hunt the clues and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it's all you see what I mean? Like it used to be much more uh, uh, CSI is. is or some of them, no, not CSI, which is the law and order is still very much like that. But a lot mm. of them are much more like, oh, yeah, look at me, you know, look at me doing whiz bang and trailing bloodshot shit, blood spray or whatever, rather than guys sitting in a room and chatting. Yeah, there's a there's a thing. There's a thing that's like um, uh, apparent in a lot of like cop shows where the, there's a rule that if you get a confession, then like nothing else matters. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you like, do you know what I mean? If you like ran like a bunch of people over in your car while you were chasing the guy, or you like shot like a, a, a bus full of nuns with like a machine gun, <laughs> or you like invaded Serbia, none of that matters. As long as the guy confesses at the end, then like it, it it's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Because you caught yeah, the guy. There's also never anything about testimony being thrown out for coerced confession yeah. and all that kind of shit. Um, like there was a really good. I encourage people to look this up on YouTube. Genuinely, um, it's again. I'm on Brooklyn Nine Nine because I think that's the one that's actually the most insidious right now. Um, yeah. But it's it's a lawyer sitting down and, and watching an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine and going right. I'm going to count all the violations of rights that occur in this cookie comedy episode. And I'm going to talk about what I expect would happen at trial as a result of this. And he just picks a random episode. He's like, now I want to stress, this is a random episode. It's not meant to be particularly egregious. Um, we chose it completely at random and I'll happily do it for any other random episode. If there's any contest about this being, you know, out of the ordinary or anything. And he goes through it and it's some ridiculous figure, like 34 violations of rights and due process. And he's like, okay, so if this ever went to trial, this person would get off scot-free because of the way the cops have behaved in this. Um, just be because they're, they're like doing routine shit, like holding people uh, without charge for the express purpose of coming up with a charge and all this kind of shit. Yeah. And, uh, but that's portrayed to the public as just being cookie bants and antics, essentially. And like this is the ideal of what the cops should be, supposedly, right? Yeah. Just I mean, absolute it's, nuts it's like stuff. it's like that in every show. I, I can't remember if I, I I can remember having this conversation with someone, and I don't know if it was on the pod or not. But there's an episode of the Hawaii Five O reboot, 
Mm. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't on the pod, but I think we were talking about this one right. night while playing Valheim. Right. Well, there's um, there's like uh, that is that is just absolutely like turbo fast that show. It's um, they they get special. I've dis- never seen. This. They get special but- dispensation from the governor to like to be able to like <laughs> suspend people's like constitutional rights. They can just do what they want. So they like arrest people and hold them without giving them a lawyer or like anything like that, you know. Um, Wait, they just they just have a piece of paper that says these laws don't apply to you. Yeah, that's yeah. A thing we can do now. Yeah, they just that, run a black. A thing. They just run a yeah. black site out of town hall. Like, to be fair, I mean? to be fair, given what we know of the Chicago PD, that's not far from the truth with some police departments. Oh Christ! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That, yeah. I mean, that is... But here's the thing, though. Like, even with that Chicago PD story, who, for anyone doesn't... I mean, do you want to talk about it, Ben, or shall I tell it, or what? I don't really know much about it beyond the fact that they're just a horribly violent police force with its own black site that they send people to, so... Yeah, but they had a, an actual fucking black site, as in people would be arrested, and then rather than being taken to the police station for processing, they'd be shipped to this mysterious facility that's off the books, where they'd be held for often days uh, without the presence of a lawyer or any bullshit. Just like complete and utter crazy Guantanamo Bay kind of style levels of shit, including like there were allegations of serious like abuse in there, and I'll just leave it at that, which doesn't put yeah. it very far away. So, you know, although... I mean, famously, governors don't supposedly have the right to suspend the constitution theoretically. Like, again, art imitates life, and this doesn't. This isn't terribly far away from how actual cops have behaved. Yeah. So anyway, they they, they have like they just do what they want. And um, what's what's really funny though is they they have, and it's not just Hawaii Five or where I've seen this, but they have like just an insane level of deference to organized crime. um like if they're just it's like oh like just an average day in like hawaii and you know some guys like stolen a fucking i I shit you not a suit of prototype iron man armor and is running amok with it um they're allowed to just like fucking do whatever they get away with murder right you know what i mean that guy's not seeing a fucking lawyer until he's like been in jail for like a week at the minimum but then like they they have to like question someone from the yakuza or some shit then then it's like oh we'd better get this guy a lawyer and it's like, you know what I mean? Oh, you better better tread carefully. Or like, you know what I mean? They just happily like drive a bulldozer through some guy's house if they think he's been cooking meth. But like, oh, this guy like might have like cut a bunch of people's tongues out for the for the Chicago mob. It's like, oh, we'd better treat him softly. Do you know what I mean? Give him some respect. He's been around a long time. His old like tongue cutter Jack. Um, <laughs> it's cops are afraid of consequences. I pretty mean, much. That, yeah. that part rings true, doesn't it? Mm. So anyway, there's there's a. Um, there's an episode where they, they, they get they get this guy um who's like he used to run the SWAT team in might be Chicago actually and he comes to Hawaii to like to run their SWAT team and then they recruit him into five or and then um his sorry just the just for my understanding five o is the reference to the people who can just extra judicially murder someone because the governor says so yeah that's they're actually called like the the they actually call the unit five o um <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> of course uh like the original i don't know i don't the original i think they're just cops and it's just called hawaii five o because they're the 50th state that's my under- no. my understanding of it. Like as I as I barely remember having seen any of it as a kid. Like, but in the in the remake, they're explicitly called Five O, um, and they they can they can murder people like for fun. So anyway, the 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 guy like from Chicago is on Five O, and his friend and he his friend and his wife come out to visit, and they go for a hike, and then he's like the guy's wife like falls to her death, um. Mm-hmm. 
and the guy, like the the guy on five or just instantly assumes the bloke must have pushed her. Um, and so he spends the whole episode like trying to prove it and he can't prove it. And the guy has to go back, like he has to let him go and he goes back to Chicago. And then like sometime later, they have an episode where that guy it, like goes, like turn, comes home in Chicago to find like his like former friend waiting for him. And he abducts him and he abducts his like new girlfriend and he holds them like prisoner. And he like, do you know what I mean? Tries to torture the guy for like evidence that he killed his wife. And then eventually just like loses it and smashes up, like starts smashing up the guy's house. And like, eventually like he just smashes, puts, puts a wall through and finds it stuffed with like uh, money. And, and then like the episode ends with him what? like finding this like pile of money hidden in the walls. <laughs> and you think like, you think, all right, okay. So he's like clearly lost it there and there's going to be some sort of consequence. Oh no, it's just never mentioned again. It's just considered good police work. You know what I mean? You abducted a guy, you abducted like an innocent woman who just happened to know the guy and you like held them and you like did a little bunch of fucking like criminal damage and torture and shit, but you found some money in the walls. So good job. But but this is this is one cop like beating the snot out of another cop and his girlfriend, right? I think they're both well, well like yeah, one guy. On, the thing is though, this is in Chicago as well. This isn't yeah, in like Hawaii where he's got covered, like he's ostensibly got like a note from the governor saying he's allowed to do this. <laughs> shit. Do you know what I mean? He's just like fucking bullying a cop in a different jurisdiction, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, I just like to I, I just like to imagine it's like it's all right my boss will call your boss and there's like a call between governors that takes place in this shit yeah. just ridiculous <laughs> they, they're gonna let they're gonna like do an exchange thing where they let one guy from chicago come over and like totally fuck up like a, like a coast guard's house or something <laughs> but yeah it's just wild just like oh he got it but you know what i mean he found the money it's like okay does the money prove that he killed his wife what the fuck like do you know what i mean it's, <laughs> nope that's it it's a happy ending. See, you found you found see, money on the wall. I'm convinced that art is degrading over time because this has its precedent or its, its antecedent, I should say, in um, the show The Shield, right? Which oh. um, is a yeah, right? Yeah. Which set in the 2000s in um, Los Angeles, and it is following uh, a group of cops called the Strike Team. Now, this is actually based on a real thing that existed, right? There was a, a strike team-like group of elite yeah, cops it was called, pulled... Uh, Rampart. It was called yeah, Rampart. Yeah, and they were pulled together, and they were given basically free jurisdiction to go fuck up the streets, essentially, um, in order, as long as they were on top of like Syrian, serious, violent, and gang criminal activity, then you know they were given carte blanche. And uh, wouldn't you know it, it turned out they were all crooked as shit, and uh, got up to some really nasty stuff, uh, including Imagine basically running drugs themselves. Imagine my absolute shock at that development. Yeah, I, I seem to remember they acted like a... Like you know the paramilitary death squads they have down in mm. some Latin American states, they had yeah. pretty much that kind of thing going on, didn't they? They even had like bags of like guns stolen from evidence that they would then plant on people after killing them. Like quite premeditated. Yeah, no, they they were. I mean, this shouldn't come as a surprise to those of us who know a little bit about the background history of police. Um, again, I'm going to drop another plug. There is a podcast called Behind the Bastards. Um, they did a short series called Behind the Police, which is about the origins of the police in the United States and a little bit in the UK too, actually. And it goes into the history. And uh, wouldn't you know it that the earliest police organisations were basically hand in glove with criminal organisations right from the beginning? Because um, they were paid to solve crimes, and therefore, 
if you linked up with the person who was going to start and do the crime, um, then basically you could go to people and say, hey, listen, I'll solve the crime and do asset recovery for you and then cut in the criminal. So that is coming and going. You get a paycheck, essentially. And that, that was like a large part of the origin of the police. And so funnily enough, when you take all the the oversights which have been grafted onto this over time to try and stop that shit being totally blatant. Um, they just revert, revert back to factory default settings and go about doing that shit. Wild. Crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, good listen for those who want a little bit of background. So, like, The Shield essentially is a dramatization of this, right? It is a, it is a fun kind of jolly romp, so to speak. Um, and it's one of these, like, it's very early 2000s TV because it's very much like, oh, look at these bad guys who are doing bad fucking things and aren't they so fucking cool? But don't worry, they will get their comeuppance one day towards the end of the series. But for now, you get to root for them winning as they do these terrible bad things. And wouldn't it be good if you, like, you know, if police really could do these terrible fucking bad things? And what and what that shows is the entire premise of the show is they are doing dirt and having to run in, you know, they're running around covering it up, essentially. That's the show. The show is like, well, this person has rights, and if you violate it, then that's going to go bad with the prosecutor and the DA's office, etc., because they won't be able to, you know, withstand the, you know, the lawyer's inquiries on it and that kind of stuff. And so there's like, his, there's like an interesting tension, and they still do it fairly unrealistically, but at least there's like a fucking lip service video of like constitution, due process, that kind of shit, right? In fact, it's a pretty big deal in one of the episodes where... You know, they need to find a, a girl who's been abducted by a paedophile and, um, you know, ticking time bomb scenario. They, oh, that's like they, the first or second episode. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of is. Um, they, they let the vicious bad cop essentially in the room alone with the paedophile and the camera's turned off and he beats him with a phone book and various other implements until he gets the location of the girl, right? And um, like that, that, that right there, that whole ticking time bomb thing is like the setup to it. Um, that is that is kind of a show. It's like, look, this person's doing terrible things, and don't worry, you can be certain as the show goes on, their life will fall apart, and ultimately they'll be karmically punished for this. But aren't they so fucking cool? And aren't you so glad that people like this exist to deal with the real dangers of society? And so that's like that's the two thousands smash cut to Hawaii Five O reboot, and they've just dispensed with all of the checks and balances, like even nodding to it, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, we got a pink slip from a governor. That says essentially where we're off the clock and we can do whatever the fuck we want and we can do our own black sites and shit. It's just like art is devolving over time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm convinced of this, especially when it comes to police narratives. Funny yeah, that. cops cops hate oversight, like, um, but like triply so in um, in TV shows. Uh, before we go mm. on though, you just reminded me of um, of one actual like realistic thing I saw on a cop show, and I can't remember right. the name of the show. It was Netflix. Uh, it was a Netflix original, and it had that guy. I believe he was in the American Office, and he was he, he played. Um, oh fucking hell! He was in the Star Trek Discovery. He played Harry. What's his name? Was it oh, Harry? fucking Dwight! Dwight! I uh, Dwight for the Office. Aye, him. Uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, he 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 was in a cop show um, on like that Netflix made. Where he mm -hmm. was like he was a cop and he'd had like a heart attack and then he like bribed his doctor to get him back on the force or some shit. And he's right. like he just drinks too much and he smokes and he like you know what I mean? It was fucking dog shit like. But the in the first episode, there was a bit where they'd like arrested someone 
any as much as tells the guy that they're going to fucking like fit him up for the crime. And the guy says, Oh, like, no, I can tell you what really happened. And he says, I don't care what really happened. I just need to clear the fucking like case. Do you know what I mean? So if, like, if, if, if you, if you, if I can pin it on you, that's enough. And that's, that's, the, that's, that's definitely really realistic. Cause like, um, one, one thing I did actually read for this is, um, Homicide, a year on the killing streets, however it's called, by David Simon. And uh, yeah, one of the homicide things, life on the streets. It's excellent. Yeah, and like one of the things he says is that the clearance rate is god as far as like detective work goes. You clear mm. cases, that's what it's all about. It doesn't really matter if you're doing any kind of justice. Yeah, yeah. There are like I think we'll talk more about this at the end of the episode, but there are like two shows which sort of give a not complete bullshit view of policing in the states. Um, and in the UK, I should say. But I think we, we might want to save that for the end rather than get into it now. All right. So the uh, the thing I was going to bring up was, um, like, cops cops hate oversight, and it's never more apparent than whenever a cop show involves internal affairs. Oh, yeah. They're just treated like <laughs> absolute fucking demons that have been, like, summoned to just cause problems on purpose. It is never not funny. Um. And it's it's. Yeah, so, I mean, I haven't watched it, but I thought that like Line of Duty was like the the opposite to this rule. I thought they were supposed <laughs> to be the good guys rooting out crims. <laughs> Thing about Line of Duty though is that they seem to live in like a really bizarre universe where the entire police force is like corrupt in a really egregious way. Instead of like, I don't know how to really describe it, but like it's an incre- incredibly cynical world that they seem to live in. Even worse than this one somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your average cop is is corrupt a little bit, but they're corrupt in ways that they don't consider corrupt for the most part. It's very weird. They, they basically have different standards on this shit, whereby you know occasional little favors or not really giving people their due process in quite the right ways and stuff is stuff that's kind of like turned a blind eye to and is fine. But they draw the line at shit like you know actually taking backhanders from like drug dealers and things like that. And so it's very very strange. The reason they hate the likes of internal affairs, um, or, you know, the complaints, as they're called in Scotland, at least, is because they come in and they apply for rules as they're actually written on paper. And yeah. so the little kind of shit just doesn't... And so the, the cops think they're being incredibly unfair. Like, but, but I'm allowed to get, like, free fish and chips from this shop as long as I turn up on time whenever there's, like, a complaint <laughs> or something. That's not corruption. That's just a perk of the job kind of shit. You know? uh, okay, so in order for it to count as corruption, you actually, like, have to get a brown paper bag full of unmarked bills or something and otherwise it's just fine yeah it's like from their perspective it's basically if they're actually cutting deals with real criminals um and there's a caveat to that too because they'll cut deals with criminals to bag bigger criminals sort of thing so like they're, they're having an informant off the books and stuff like that is something that a lot of cops will just kind of do and they'll put up with and they'll cut them slack it's like you know they've got like in edinburgh at least i, I knew at least one police officer um who like was a, a family member of a friend and they got talking one night about their experiences and like yeah no this um i have someone i talked to who i could never make an actual kind of proper informant or anything like that but it was a junkie and the way it worked is whenever he got caught shoplifting um or something similar then you know i got word that they'd tell me that he was in and i'd come in and go right what you got for me and he'd give me information and i'd cut him loose basically and that's not corruption or anything as far as they're concerned that's not like you know even though it's technically off the books and even though it involves letting someone get away with crimes and giving them a like a free pass to do it from their perspective it's like that's the okay kind whereas yeah. if you're actually cutting deals with drug dealers or things like that it's the bad kind see and when you mentioned just, um when you mentioned free fish and chips there i mean 
immediately thought of the quality policy sketch in Berniston. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've got to protect your scran. <laughs> the only thing I, I I remember seeing when it was like a big police corruption and uh, internal affairs were involved thing was um, Ashes to Ashes, where the the guy in charge of the internal affairs, but um, inter- internal affairs, fuck's sake, internal affairs, um, was literally Satan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thing I love about uh, thing I love about Ashes to Ashes and Life on Mars and that is it, it's a lot like those Facebook groups that are like remember when the bin man was hard, but, but for cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's annoying. Like I want to enjoy that, but I just kind of can't at the same time. Some of it's good, and some of it's absolutely fucking dog shit. Yeah, it's 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 very hard once your third eye is opened on this shit. And apologies, listener, if this is happening to you as you're, you know, <laughs> listening to this episode and it kind of goes on. But once your third eye is open, it's really hard to watch this kind of shit and not just be sitting there going, this is, I can't believe this is bullshit. Uh, especially when you're with audiences who are just like, yeah, cool, beat the shit out of that guy, that's awesome. And, you know, it's, very, it's a weird kind of feeling like you are on an, an alien planet almost at times as this shit goes on. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, I, I, um, I've been watching a lot of cop shows and, and related shit with my mom during lockdown. And, oh, uh, oh fuck, she's just like savagely <laughs> reactionary when it comes to the, oh. do you know what I mean? Constantly like yelling, shoot him at like the fucking, the... The people in like <laughs> criminal minds or whatever, because they're chasing someone rather than just fucking murdering. I will them. say, like the, the perfect antidote to this though is um, the Red Riding films. If you watch all three of them, you'll just be completely a cab overnight. <laughs> I've not actually seen them. Um, can who are they by? Uh, they're, they're by like three different directors or something, but they're based on the the books by David Peace, and they're probably the only kind of like cop media I've seen that takes like a properly hostile. And critical stance on police, like more more so than the wire or anything like that. They mm. fucking hate the police in that. Sounds right, great. I'm, I'm sounds, adding that to watch list. Yeah, sounds very up my street. Um, the wire's one of those ones that's always fucking held up to me. Like I've never actually sat down and watched that fucking series because so many people have told me to, and I just kind of almost don't want to do it because of that. Yeah, hard same. I'm, I'm oh, being man. Not that, honestly, that just sounds childish. I, I can't believe people would behave like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not in your character at all, Jamie. I um, so this will come as zero surprise to anyone who listens to the pod, but I I'm a big wire person, right? Um, I have watched The Wire multiple times, and it's one of those shows I put on in the background if I'm working on a project, just for background noise. In my defence, I 100% agree with you guys. I think the people who recommend it all the time and are so up their own arses about it are the most unbearable fuckers on the face of the earth and tend to be incredible libs at the same time. However, you're about to prove you're the exception to the rule, is that right? (laughs) Not quite. Like my My thing about The Wire is I genuinely like the writing, I like the characters, and I think it's fun. Like, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, I don't think it's an accurate and groundbreaking depiction of our society sort of thing in the way that it gets held up to be. Um, it's a good one. I think it does count as literature, but, like, you know, that that's saying very little, essentially. It is an incredibly liberal worldview that says things can't change and no such thing as solidarity exists and you can't really do organization and it's like it's a it's a doom-pilled libs view of life's just going to get shittier the system will continue to grind on the only hope and goodness you can get is from connection to your fellow human beings and it's like that that's it 
that's the entire extent of the wires politics, essentially. It's that liberal thing of pointing out all the problems of then going, but we can't actually fix anything, right? The sole redeeming feature of it is that it's very fun, and the characters are incredibly well-written and very flawed in places, and it's a genuinely good drama. Like, genuinely good. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. But its depiction of the cops um, is more real than most depictions on TV. I still don't think that means it's actually real, right? Um, because remember, one of the writers was a cop. So, you know, he's not going to put the really dark shit or the things that he's not comfortable associating with himself. That's not really going to make it into the TV show. Um, they still do have plenty of like negative shit about how the cops behave and he goes in very hard against the war on drugs and that's that's the whole premise of the show is basically america is fucked up by the war on drugs and here is why essentially and it does a good job of portraying that um but it, it also soft pedals just the absolute insane shit that police can get up to uh and instead just focuses on like the petty stuff like you know beating down suspects um you know and uh extracting confessions under duress and it does all that kind of shit but it doesn't kind of quite touch the corruption angle or that kind of stuff it pretends that more or less doesn't really happen so much um and when it does happen it's like um you know it's all to do with lawyers of drug dealers essentially it's very like it's very interesting when you watch it knowing a cop wrote this it changes your perspective on it so i would recommend but Here's the thing, for all that it is critical of the cops, it does that kind of apologetic thing of saying, and the reason the cops suck is because of the war on drugs, which is not true. The war on drugs has made it worse, but cops themselves suck for different reasons than that, and the show just doesn't even go there. Yeah. So there you go, there's well, my 10 pence on the wire. Can we, can we in, in sort of on this tangent, what I always find fascinating, and which always uh, sort of drives me mad when I'm watching any kind of court procedural, especially if there's any kind of interrogation, is that for some mad reason, like I would say 90% of the time, there's no lawyer present for the oh, for yeah. the criminal or something. It's just like, no, they're just going to walk in there and just like be cool and be criminals. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, they surely, well, you know, they actively, they actively try to portray the idea that only guilty people ask for a lawyer. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they absolutely do. One of the reasons that Wire gets a lot of praise from people is because they actually touch on this shit all the time, which is, you know, they, 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 they're straight up saying that the cops are talking to each other and they're explaining to a new junior detective and like, listen, um, don't, like, avoid them getting a lawyer. Get them talking without a lawyer. If a lawyer walks in, it's over, essentially. And you can do pretty much anything you want to avoid them calling for a lawyer. And a lot of the criminals, you know, they're, they're portrayed very much in a sense. Like, there's one guy gets talking in a meeting before the lawyer shows up. The lawyer comes in and immediately shuts everything down, smacks the criminal on the back of the head and says, you fucking idiot, basically, <laughs> and drags him out. Um, and it's very much portrayed as, like, the lawyers are the villains, essentially. It's very, very strange. Yeah. It's like the, the whole idea that giving someone criminal representation is a form of evil. Now, there is a... There's a, like a, a little tiny gem of truth to this in that you do get criminal lawyers, like actual lawyers who are involved in basically helping the criminal enterprises do all their legal that bit bullshit, from, uh, essentially. That bit from fucking Breaking Bad about you don't need a criminal attorney, you need a criminal attorney. Criminal attorney, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it is a real thing. Like Shady lawyers who help criminals launder their cash and do all other shit is like totally a thing, but it's not as fucking universal as these shows all make it out. Yeah. And actually, most of the time, you want a criminal to have effective representation, because then you can say, basically... Look, we found them guilty. 
despite the best efforts of someone to prove them innocent, essentially, um, or to maintain their innocence, I should say. But from the police's view, it's like, no, if, if lawyers are bad news, you want nothing to do with them. You, all you want to do is get a confession or failing that to get a story that tells the jury why they did it, essentially, and lawyers get in the way of doing that. And it's total garbage. And most cop shows, they recognise that the, the drama gets sucked out of the room when the lawyer comes in and goes, yeah. okay, no talking. I was going to say, I mean, it is just fantastically dull if if half your episode is just, um, you know, <laughs> a lawyer going, he's not answering that, he's not answering that, next question, he's not answering that. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I can think back to like when I was younger and like the bill was on or something, mm. and I'm thinking to like any time it was set in an interview room, there was always this like, I, I, it's either boringly depressive or depressively boring atmosphere in the room when questions are being asked because there's a lawyer there. Mm-hmm. The bill and it's just is, um, yeah, it doesn't fucking the, stand up to any sort of entertainment at all. The bill was such a weird show. Um, I mean, not so much not yep. so much later on, I gather. Um, but when I was a kid, it was like it was so weird because it it did something that I don't think I've ever seen, like or re- very rarely seen in other shows, where you literally never saw anything happen unless a cop was present. It didn't. It never. It never showed. Like so, they would. They would turn up. They would turn up to like you know, or someone's reported like a fucking crime, and they would turn up, and you knew as much as they did. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like fucking. Mm-hmm. They didn't show you the crime, so you knew that guy was lying or whatever. You like the the cops just like you had all the information that the cops had. Um, they didn't really do anything fucking interesting with it. Do you know what I mean? As as a device, but it was it was weird that they sort of like stuck religiously to it. I know. I remember noticing was, that as a kid that like that was how the show was set up, and then it was just um, like, it was like crushingly dull. They didn't do it. They didn't do anything interesting with it, and it was just here's how the here's how the police <laughs> operate, like down to like just like insanely boring levels of like minutiae and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I know. It was, not, we watch it, our main characters do paperwork for two hours. And, yeah, I know yeah, from Bill Sorry, go on. Bill's kind of weird because it, it stands apart from like other police procedurals because it, it doesn't seem to like ha- have the usual cop show format. It seems to be more like casualty, but with cops yeah. or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Do you know, the, the thing about the bill is it's effective propaganda for its time, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll unpack this one a little for people. Um, at the time, the overtone window was not quite as far fucking hard right fash as it is these days. And so your public wouldn't really accept a lot of stuff on the TV that was that was too, like, you know, abrasive, too violent, too fascist in depicting the cops. And they certainly wouldn't want anything that's too, too realistic. So what do you do if the public is not as reactionary as you want them to be, but if you portray what's actually happening, they'll still be upset? Where, where do you draw the line? And um, I'm going to fucking quote from The Wire. Why not? There's a bit where two drug dealers talking to each other and one tells the other, keep it dead fucking boring, right? Because he says, you know what kills more cops than donuts? Boredom. And that's what, that is what the bill is. It's basically going, oh, look, see, here's, you want to know what the police are like? Here's what the cops are like. They're just boring. Nothing to see here. It's just fucking boring. And, and that's it, essentially. That is what the, the bill exists to do, is to bore the audience into going, oh, there's nothing really to care about here. And to get them to be apathetic rather than engaged, active supporters of rather cops, sort of thing. Yeah, it, I think it definitely got more like sensationalist and hyperactive as it went on. But like, and that's because society lurched further to the right, I'd say. Well, but, maybe, but like, um, but yeah, like when I was when I was a kid, it was it was just so fucking dull. Do you know, what I mean? like my mom used to watch it religiously, 
And it was like mm. it was like you'd learn all these like weird things, like like theft by finding is a crime. Do you know what I mean? Remember, I can remember learning <laughs> that because someone like found something on the street, and the police were like, "No, that's still theft, mate." And it's like, all right, yeah. See, <clears throat> see, I grew up. So I mean, as you know, I didn't grow grow up in the UK. So I in in Holland, the the big thing at the time was like um, German, like nineteen eighties, early nineties cop dramas, and they were right. also just crashingly boring. Like they would have these incredibly slow conversations with each other <laughs> and the suspect. And you just, after 20 minutes, you'd just be sitting there and going, is there anything ever going to happen? Plus they all had to wear leather jackets and a lot of them had moustaches. I know my mum was addicted to them for a while and I could never work out what it is she actually saw. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, is, this, um, no. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this actually like cop shows from Germany you were watching or were you watching like the wind up to the start of German pornographic films <laughs> no, 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 I swear to Christ this is actually no no this was actually the, the whole format of the thing it feels like in that... the interrogation room and then the funk just cuts in no it's Germany it'd be techno surely <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit like it's got the kind of like proto vibes of like the kind of Scandi crime drama type mm. thing but like just done shit and in the 90s yeah no yeah uh, no it was just incredibly inc- just incredibly dull i mean i just un- i don't know maybe i, I would that was i was young and at the time so maybe i just had the attention to span of a small child but you know just... yeah maybe they're good actually but who knows now yeah let's um, um, let's, this... let's not talk about what was on dutch tv in the in the 90s or whatever an episode last time didn't we so <laughs> Speaking of speaking of the Scandinavian dramas, though, I did thoroughly enjoy The Bridge, um, and found that quite interesting from like a, a cop gander kind of perspective, because that was cop gander across two countries essentially, and uh, it was successful enough that a whole bunch of other countries were like, "Yes, we should imitate this shit," leading to The Channel as an actual fucking program that was produced what? between. <laughs> yeah, they, they made a version of The Bridge, but it was the Channel Tunnel. Right, oh, it's exactly man. as fucking awful as you imagine it would I think be. That was still called the bridge. No, it was, it was called, it was called the, the tunnel. Yeah, it was How do you even tunnel. get murdered in the channel? What the fuck? No, I mean they they fucking contort themselves, and there was an American version between America and Mexico, right? And to you know, to get credit, like there are some good story beats, and it. it's like cops from two different countries of two different systems have to work together to solve an international drama. But there's more going on than you expect. Like you know, it's good thriller stuff, and like what's not to enjoy. And the the original The Bridge is excellent, and I enjoy it as a drama. But by God, the cop gander bit of it is is equally kind of fucking there. Um, then j- just disassemble that one of the main characters uh, in the bridge, in fact, the main character, um, you know, has Asperger's and, and like she's functioning, but she's got pretty high and effective Asperger's and doesn't see a problem in changing in front of people and all this kind of shit. And, uh, you know, that's portrayed as being totally fine and not something the cops would, you know, n- notoriously what I'm saying is the cops are well known to be very accepting of diversity and, you know, <laughs> sensitive towards the particular mental health and other special needs of individuals. And, uh, you know, that, that's the sort of shit where like, it just slides in under the radar going, look, this is this is fine. Cops are totally OK with this kind of shit. And people don't pay attention to it because it's background noise. Yeah, the, the tunnel was um, was absolute pish like. It's uh, it's Stannis Baratheon, and that lasts from uh, from in Bruges together oh, right. at last. 
um, and like the, the <laughs> combination you always waited yeah, for. Yeah, they like they they like some of the crimes in in UK and some of the crimes in France, and then at the end, like the guy's family all get kidnapped and like held in a theme park or some shit. I, I, I wasn't really paying attention by that point. I'll be honest. Like, um, like the the actual the, the original bridge has a pretty decent thriller plot, and what they basically did for all the remakes we did, including like the American one, etc., is we just fucking ripped it off, but tried to work out well what's the minimum we can change to make this fit in the current surroundings we've got. And so in America, there's all about kind of smuggling tunnels across the border to Mexico and all this kind of shit. And in UK, it's like haunted theme park. That's where the <laughs> killer is going to take the family. And it's like yeah, okay. yeah. I'm I'm gonna fucking get I'm gonna get let. We're gonna get like fucking DMs on Twitter where people explain it wasn't actually a theme park. And you know what I mean? Like who let this fucking idiot I on the podcast? Who, who was the killer in the tunnel? Was it the Joker or something? It's uh, oh, it, it was actually um, it was a guy that been in stuff. I did recognise him when he turned up. I, I want to say it might have been Dexter's brother. You know, from the first right, season of Dexter. Well, what, what, what was the what was the background behind this guy? How was he getting his victims? Did he run the waltzers at the fair or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he had like he had like oh. some grand overarching scheme that he had to like require yeah. him to involve both oh, countries' police forces and all this sort of <laughs> shit. It was. Again, the Bridges version of these plots are pretty good because they're actually written by someone in the countries that they kind of apply to. And, you know, so it's like grounded in that way. But when you start getting to like the American versions and stuff, it's just like they really are contorted. So like, look, this has worked and it has sold. But rather than repackage the original thing, you know, for, for a new audience to view with subtitles or anything, we won't do that. Instead, we will try and make the minimal changes we can. And in times, the plot just gets very, very strained. I sw- like I, I haven't watched The Tunnel I have watched the American version of the bridge. I turned off around about episode three where I'm like, this is just bullshit. I can't I can't deal with this shit anymore because maybe, I'm watching the parallel plot points and it just doesn't work at all. Maybe it's better with a SWAT team shootout at Crinkly Bottom at the end. Like who knows? <laughs> um talking about the uh the American versions I'm, of I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm sorry, I just I, I I I just I can't stop thinking about what future cop episodes are gonna be set in the haunted remains of the woods. And I think Yeah, that, my brain was there as well, Rob. I was trying not to, but Yeah, um so speaking of um American remakes of stuff, the uh and, and it ties into your point there about the, the, the police being famously uh, uh open to diversity and and stuff. Mm-hmm. The difference between the British and American versions of Life on Mars are fucking oh, yeah. incredible. Um, the 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 British version, um, Sam is it is, is he called Sam? Yeah, yeah. he's like yeah. he's basically as you as you would expect if you got hit by a car and woke up in the seventies. He's not having a good time of it. You know what I mean? And he's he's constantly <laughs> on the verge of a breakdown. And the other cops, like especially the fucking one who's like a, a knobhead. Like just constantly like, uh, are like aghast at like his fucking like outbursts and stuff, and you know they they're joking about him as it be like, and then they 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 stop laughing when he comes in the room, and they're just generally dicks about like his mental health problems. And in mm-hmm. the um, there's a bit where in the in the first episode where a suspect has a gun, and he basically tries to goad the guy into shooting him because he thinks that might like wake him up back in his normal life, and in the British version. Everyone like treats this largely how you would like react if someone if you saw like someone you work with like trying to get shot. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in the American version, the same thing happens, and everyone's just like, "Oh, this guy's fucking crazy. He'll fit right in." Do you know what I mean? And it was, <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Like, there's also there's a, there's a scene in in the first episode where they're questioning like an old lady. Um, she lived next. She she submitted a noise complaint about a neighbor or something, and they 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 think Sam thinks that the neighbor might be the murderer they're looking for. And that he's trying to mm-hmm. interrogate this old woman, and she's just like getting flustered and everything. And then, the, uh, like Jean comes in and offers her a, like a biscuit with, with and a cup of tea, and just like wins her over with these down to earth, like you know what I mean, old timey racism or whatever. <laughs> um, in the American version, they have that scene, and obviously, like it's Harvey Keitel that's like offering her the biscuit and the cup of tea, and just the the impression you get is that he is definitely trying to fuck her. It's just like, do you know what I mean? There's no other way to read it as far as I was concerned. It's like Harvey Keitel, Milf. Yeah, Harvey Keitel is absolutely going to like go to town on that. Just dressed exactly like he is in Taxi Driver. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. Fucking hate an American remake. This this is the thing, though. Like, the reason they remake this shit is simply because there's propaganda value in it. I'm really convinced of this. They kind of look at it and go, ah, oh, here's a story or riff or a beat we can kind of rip off and we can repurpose and use to, pra- to, you know, to package our own thing. Because, like, if they just transmitted the original one with, like, subtitles or even not subtitles for American to, you know, British, etc., it wouldn't have the same resonance. It wouldn't fit. Because part of what makes it work is that it's your own culture that's been reflected in it, essentially. Um, and it works like it works going from America to the UK because Brooklyn Nine Nine is fucking popular over here, for example, um, because we're so fucking exposed to American culture that it's practically a background culture to our own, yeah. essentially. But it doesn't work the other way around at all. Um, and so they they happily do all these adaptations because they're like, well, we want the propaganda value, and for that to work, it has to resonate. So I guess we're just going to have to do this essentially. And you can you can often tell by what they don't fucking adapt and what they don't crossover etc um what it the the actual function of these things kind of is um like the you you occasionally catch like shows with good stuff that's like quite representative about police and other stuff and which are compelling and good dramas strangely those never really seem to get adapted or really picked up or really remade you know it's always just the stuff which paints the cops in a good light or incidentally paints them in a it's complicated, like, because there's another uh, a fucking beat of these shows where they admit that the cops are bad ones, but they just kind of say, oh, I mean, they may be bad ones, but it's complicated. And that makes it OK. Yeah. Happens all the fucking time. Something all the you, fucking time. Something you kind of see with the, like, uh, the Scandi crime dramas, like the original ones, they, they all kind of mm. have kind of, well, a lot of them have kind of socked in politics, in particular, like stuff like Polander has very... Aye kind of socked in politics going on and so like that one of the culprits is always kind of society you know how we should make things better and all that but then when it gets translated to say over here all that just kind of gets shed so i can see what you're talking about it's very explicit in more modern materials um and this is this is like this is cop adjacent but i'm gonna i'm gonna stick a flag to this and say it should not be controversial to describe the uh drug enforcement administration as being cops right i think that's fair yeah um so netflix's series narcos which i like and i enjoy but i recognize that it's total trash it starts his very first episode is all about it's complicated right where it opens with a dea agent 
phoning local police and giving them the location that like a cartel hitman's going to be, knowing full well the police are going to turn up and gun down the entire nightclub that he's at, basically, just to get him, right? And then the, the whole first arc of the first series is like the prelude to that, to explain, you know, if you think I'm a bad guy, you just don't understand what life's like down here. It's complicated. It's basically the entire fucking setup. And the, it's amazing propaganda, because if anyone, like, if you do, like, the slightest bit of scrutiny into the activities of a Drug Enforcement Administration, um, you will quickly discover that they are, in fact, fucking stone-cold villains, right? They are not good people. They, especially in South America, in the 80s onwards, got up to some horrendous shit. Um, straight up including, you know, associations with paramilitary death squads and, like, you know, all this kind of shit. Um, just absolutely vile stuff. So how then do you do a show, right, about the fucking... Um, narcotics traffickers, the drug kingpins, um, from the perspective of DEA agents, without, you know, showing just all that bad shit. And what they do is, again, it's um, it's not so much about trying to hide how horrible things were, as provide context to make it understandable and to make it complicated, you know? Yeah. Right? I, feel, I feel like that kind of almost backfired in Narco's case, because I remember watching it and thinking, man, this Pablo Escobar guy, he's got a bit of a point. He seems like a bit of an anti-imperialist <laughs> king, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. See, that's one of the things I like about it, and I always, you start to get to the end of a series, I'm like, ah, oh, this is starting to get a bit depressing now by the end of season two, when you're heading towards Pablo Escobar. Spoilers, Pablo Escobar died, right? I think that's <laughs> what? Wait, should what? Be... F's in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, like, I've, I've, partly that worked because the guy who played Pablo, es Pablo Escobar is extremely good and very charismatic in how he carries himself. But also just like, yeah, it, it did backfire a little bit, but it also kind of got people going well. I mean, see how violent and awful these guys are. I guess, you know, the whole thing was just a clusterfuck. And that's what the propaganda value of it is. It's just to get people to write the whole thing off and go, oh, what the fuck did we learn, Palmer? You know, and just kind of <laughs> memory hole it in that kind of way. And that's a, that, to me, is a thing that whenever they can't avoid talking about the horrible shit the cops and cop-adjacent people get up to, their primary tactic is to go, well, it's complicated, don't... You know, everyone was bad, and yes, we did bad things, but things have kind of got a bit better since then. Which is why these dramas are always... One of the reasons, okay, the other one's liable, not that that's ever stopped us, but one of the reasons that these are all historical dramas, essentially, is so that they've got a bit of distance and a bit of time, and there's, like, the impression that things have moved on. And they use that rhetorically a lot, because um, another thing Narcos does is it has, like, the voiceover from a DEA agent, right? And it's always like back in and, you know, you think you need to understand about back then. And it's always like implicit within that rhetoric is the idea that things have changed, you know, that's back then. But we're in now. But we never actually talk about now. Never actually explain, well, this shit is just going on in a slightly different way. And whenever they do talk about it, it's it's always like it's... um. It's complicated, don't worry about it, you have to play with the lesser of two evils sort of thing, and look at the cost on the men who are involved in doing this, it's fucking up their marriages and stuff, and that is an explicitly cop trope, isn't it? The whole, you know, oh, he's, he's doing difficult, dangerous work, and look at the toll it's having on his personal life because his wife is, you know, divorcing him. You were saying earlier, earlier Jamie, the cop who's got like six different divorces, yeah. you know, under his belt is like a, a trope sort of thing. And it's never, it's never explicitly like, well, they divorced him because it's a shit life and 
the guy is, you know, the cops typically are racist, sexist, and have a higher domestic violent rate than the entire rest of the population. Like, they never they never bring up that fact, right? That 40%, I believe it is, of cops beat their wives. Yeah. You know, that shit's never touched on. Instead, it's just be, you know, it's just it's just another source of stress. It's people not it, understanding. It's the, it's the stress. It's the stress of the job and the, the effect it has on them and also constantly being kidnapped by terrorists and drug lords. But they're the re- they're the number one reasons why like cops wife leaves them. It's never like oh he left like too many guns like with towels like tea towels jammed in the firing mechanism lying around the house. Do you know what I mean? It's just and it's never 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 his fault. It's it's always you know it's never never that he's abusive or anything like that. It's always just that he's emotionally distant or yeah. something like that. And the wife's just asking yeah. too much from him, and that's why the marriage falls apart. And it's like he's he's emotionally distant, but it's understandable. It's it really the problem is it's complicated, but the wife doesn't understand the context. Like that's how it's always kind of put across. Yeah, and but it's I mean, never... it's also like the the sort of basic thing about like you know, are you married to the job or are you married to you know your actual spouse, whatever the case well, may be. You're but, entirely you know... right, Rob, because it it always portrays it as though the spouses and their families are background to the police's lives. Like it's well, always to be been, fair, I, if you're making a cop show, that is, you know, what you do. Otherwise, you would make a, uh, you know, a housewife show or or a family <laughs> drama. I mean, like a they, you bit... can make a, a family drama where the focus is the family, and no, one no, of them I, is just a cop. I, no, I, I totally get that, but I mean, just in the way it's portrayed on the show, it's always an afterthought to the like. It's always portrayed as the thing the audience, the thing the audience sees that the cop should care about is always the job. And whenever the family stuff is brought in, it's always brought in as a distraction to the job rather than a part of the cop's life, right? You could do a show that focuses on the life of a cop, right? And you could portray it in such a way that, you know, the actual balance between their personal life and the job would be like an intrinsic part of it. But it's never portrayed like that. It's always portrayed that the job is their life. And whenever the family stuff intrudes in, it's always a distraction from it. And that's meant to engender sympathy for the the cop whenever inevitably they hit the plot beat or their their wife is leaving them or similar. The shield does this and does it incredibly hard. The, The private life is just stuff to cause problems for the cop. It's never part of who the cop is or something that they are supposed to value in the actual no, like framing no, of the text. I, I think in the, no, I think in this case of the specifically and only of the shield, because that's the reference I know the best, I would disagree with that. I think what it does, what it more shows in the case of the shield is that that being, I mean, that being a cop is no good for your family life for sure but like specifically the way and and i'm assuming you're primarily referring to the main character's interactions with his family um no not just but yeah sure we'll go with but, that. but but that it does show that like you know the, the 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 you know there's the original sin where they steal all the money and everything that falls out from there and spirals out of control from there is them trying to keep control of the situation and that that has that impact on the family life i i i don't think that necessarily that show in particular does what you say it does, which is the the you know the the family is just ancillary and and like sort of a a negative side point rather than a main point. Specifically, only for the shield. Sometimes there needs to be a wife for the cop so that the wife can get kidnapped in the season finale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's it's got to be. Like, I mean, they are said, largely plot devices if they are like, utilized. Uh, and like, a, a, a very, right. uh, I think a very sort of like common reason why a cop's wife leaves him on TV is because she was murdered. 
<laughs> well, yeah, they, they exist. They exist to be fridged in a yeah. sense. Um, mm. The cop version of fridging. But to, to to answer your point, Rob, and, and and you know, say this constructively. What you just pointed is the stuff that happens from season two onwards. Season one of the Shield, literally, the last episode of season one is the cop's wife's family getting threatened by the villain of the the piece, so as David was describing, um, and that sets off like a whole bunch of drama, like it ends in her leaving him, sort of thing. So you know, here's what we're saying, listener. Watch the shield and see what you make of it, essentially. But I think the general point about the way families and the way, like how families meant to be, is handled in a lot of these cop shows stands. Even if it doesn't, even if people might disagree on on the. I shield. think the, um, um, the the TV cop with the absolute worst family is fucking uh, what's his name from Twenty Four, Jack Bauer. Is, is oh, it Jack yes. Bauer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many Jack times has his daughter been kidnapped? Oh, like she's like. I think f- she's like three or four times in the first season. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, and like I know there's a bit where she gets chased by a mountain that's, lion. That's the second season. Escaped a second. <laughs> that's the second season where Kevin Dillon like finds her in the woods and like tries to make her his like post-apocalyptic bride or some shit. <laughs> when, when the nuke goes off, it's just she's basically like a like a like like Penelope pit stop. For the modern age, do you know what I mean? Yeah. She just exists to just be fucking kidnapped and like terrorized and tied, yeah, tied to train tracks by a mustachioed villain. Sort of I mean, thing. It, it, like if if twenty four goes on long enough, I imagine that will happen. Like, yeah, it's it's just... yeah. There's there's something going on with one of the writers. Yeah. There, like, oh, yeah. absolutely. Like, you should check it. Check his deviant art. Jesus. Yeah, just at the back of the at the back of the writers' rooms, Quentin Tarantino and a fake mustache. Yeah, but I mean, Twenty Four is is really one of those cases. It's, I, I think that's is that still a cop drama? I think in the first couple of seasons it is before it goes completely off I the think, rails. I, I, yeah, I the think thing it you, you have to remember is that the cop show for, format is so easily utilized that it's pretty much universal and is used even for things that have nothing to do with the police like like if you look at a show like house for instance that's pretty much just a Mm. cop show where they do medical drama yeah very explicitly when they were setting up they said we we want to do a cop show where the villain is the disease essentially and the investigation is trying to you know prove the disease did it essentially from along the different suspects house house is very similar to um like quincy in that, like every episode is mm-hmm. exactly the fucking same. You you can't binge watch House. Like we we try to like uh, when we're looking for stuff to watch with my mom in lockdown. I was like, oh, we could watch House, and we watched like three episodes. And I was like, no, nah, this isn't gonna fucking work. Do you know what I mean? You can tolerate House <laughs> if there's a week between each episode, but if you're watching like two two back to back, it's like wait, what? this is just exactly the same fucking plot twice. Do you know what I mean? It's and it's just like that for like twenty <laughs> odd episodes a season. Yeah, it's like they it, they need to vary it up for it to actually hold its its like integrity. And for for this reason, and by integrity, I mean like to hold together as like a a conceptual thing you can enjoy. And for this reason, I think the the apotheosis of cop shows isn't even about police officers. It's NCIS about the the Navy kind of police sort of thing, uh, where it's actually an agency the and only, fucking final like mentioners about the it. only bit of NCIS uh, I've ever seen is the fucking two like people on one keyboard. Uh-huh. When they're Fun. being hacked, yeah, right. that is like just. I refuse to watch anything else. That is the whole show, as far as I'm concerned. It's fucking ass. It's so dumb. It's just incredible. And then, that, like, the boomer comes in and just unplugs the computer to save them. 
it's fucking it's just it's absolutely chef's kiss that like it's it's beautiful oh no it's um it is a supremely crafted like well-honed well-oiled machine of propaganda because it takes it, it rips up all of the existing cop shows and takes the best bits from each of them so you've got your ncis bit which is the goth girl in the lab right and that's going over the evidence in particular detail you've got your hard-boiled cop who you know is from a troubled military past sort of thing but still has honor at heart and has trouble with his ex-wives and shit and that's like the lead you've got your your playboy doesn't quite play by the rules but is the leading man kind of guy um who's one of them then you've got your your nerd who's gradually hardening the fuck up as the series goes on that's one of them and then in season one they had like the woman cop and her struggles with sexism but they quickly fucking murder her right and replace her with a Mossad agent <laughs> who is there on exchange by agreement with the Israeli government <laughs> I am not making this shit up and there's a whole plot about them tracking down her brother who is an agent for not Palestine um, and about his terrorist activities right it is on a whole other fucking level in terms of just like you eject this shit into Boomer's eyeballs and it just, it works. It is, it is the, the creme brulee of propaganda and propaganda because it even works in the international Israel is our ally kind of element. And it also does the, it's complicated when talking about Israel. It genuinely, every single plot, plot point and beat we've talked about here finds its presence in NCIS as a honed machine of convincing people <laughs> the cops are good. The, so, the other thing that I, I really that sticks in my mind about NCIS is that it's got the kind of horrible, snappy, sub weedon kind of dialogue oh, yes. going on. <laughs> uh, it's horrible. It's worse than Bones for that, and Bones is another cop show that we should probably talk about because that's fucking awful as well. Oh, I, so I've not seen no, Bones, my, but my, I've heard um, terrible things. My mum loves Bones, so I imagine it's dreadful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I had to. I, I got charged for like an entire season of Bones on. Um, Amazon Prime, because like mm-hmm. I left my, the my mom's Fire Stick logged into my Amazon account, and she oh, went schoolboy. And like Jamie. the first like ten seasons were were on Prime, and then the 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 last season wasn't, and she just like powered through and just fucking watched it all, and like oh Jesus, and uh, like Amazon Prime absolutely rip you the fuck off if you're buying a TV show off them, like. Oh, they absolutely I, do. Um, I actually really fucking hate them. It's prime originals are bust for that. We reason. went, we went to watch, we went to rewatch Justified, um, like because my daughter hadn't seen it a few years back, and it was. It, so she's still ahead of the curve compared to David, yeah. right? And um, it wasn't on, it wasn't on Prime <laughs> at at that point. But the first season was like it was like five quid for the whole season on on Amazon. And I was like, Which is not I was bad. like, oh, that's good. I'll I'll grab that. So we watched that, and it was like, yeah, it was great. She loved it. We're gonna we're gonna carry on. We went to the second season, and it was like twenty quid for the season. And I was <laughs> like, are you are you fucking taking the piss? Do you know what I mean? And the individual episodes were like four or five quid each. And I went and looked looked on yep. Amazon for and got a box set of the entire season on DVD for like seven quid. <laughs> And it's like, how do you know what I mean? Just baffling that they charge. Like, oh, it's like it's like three. You can buy the entire season in like a physical copy, or you can have one season for three times as much. 
like which way, which way, was... Western man? Do you know what I mean? It was just. <laughs> well, I'd... I choose the third way. Yo ho, fiddle dee dee. Being a pirate is all right for me. I strongly recommend people do not pay fucking Amazon or similar for this kind of ripoff shit and just yeah, well, pirate this stuff, especially for the older shows. It's on Prime now, anyway. So, like, you should you should right, watch. Well, you go, should David. watch Justified. Is the but again, I'm, we'll. Just... I told you, I'm on the third fucking season. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, but in, in this, we're just gonna bully you until you shape every, up, man. That's every just other member is. of the podcast has watched like all six seasons in the time it took you to get through two. Listen, I've got a lot on, right? Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> if you spent less time on the goof pills. <laughs> oh, right. I, I've got a. I'm gonna pause at something here, and I'm gonna ask: Is it copaganda? Right. Okay. Hot fuzz. Yes, but. Yes, but I was waiting for the but. Yeah. Mm. So, Hot Fuzz is propaganda in that fundamentally it portrays the, the existence of the police in a fun, upbeat, friendly association creating kind of way um, that is completely and utterly divorced and disconnected from the reality of how the police are. Mm-hmm. But it does this as a self aware satirical homage to action movies which run on the formula uncritically and unaware. Right. Um, so in this way, I think it gets a pass for knowing what it's about. But like with all media, you have to consume it with the right mindset going in, yeah. which is that this is complete and utter fantasy and has no bearing or reality to the actual society that it describes, which is the key difference. Like you watch Hot Fuzz, it is very clearly an action film homage, and it even it lampshades it in the actual, sh- you know in the progress of the film at multiple points and you're like, yeah. you can't watch that and think it's anything else. Um, though I'm sure there's some fucking Egypt out there who has. <laughs> please do. Contrast I, that, I find, please I find do the idea of like some... 20. <laughs> <laughs> I find, I mean, I find the idea of like some psychotic English or white village like slaughtering people who don't put the bins out on time not entirely out of the no. realm of plausibility. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> less than a decade away from the... that happening. <laughs> that is the like the final form of the English dream. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it, it is, but to compare and contrast, like Hot Fuzz, you go in, you know what you're getting. Even the name is a huge clue, right? Whereas you compare it to shows like NCIS or Brooklyn Nine Nine, etc. Even Brooklyn Nine Nine is less self-aware about what it's doing and what it is than mm. Hot Fuzz. And so that's the difference. That's that propaganda is effective when it is not identified by its recipient as being propaganda. It's just like it, a good propaganda is just received facts by people. You know, that's when that's when propaganda is most effective. Because this is why Soviet propaganda failed, because it was very in your face and very like citizen, it is important that you believe kind of stuff. Whereas Western propaganda, its successes have always been just presenting shit to people. And they're framing it in such a way that they draw the correct inference from this, and they don't look behind the curtain to see how it's actually working and what its assumptions are. Uh, and see, often I'm, stuff that's incidental. I'm not going to. I'm not going to stand to um, slagging off the people that gave us the um, Yuri Gagarin in space with "There is no <laughs> God" written above it. Stuff like that's that's not happening. I think right. Okay, so here's the thing. That's just excellent, and uh, I don't see how you can say statements of fact or propaganda, David. I don't. I don't get that. <laughs> Listener, oh. I hope you see what I did there. Please don't have a tedious exchange with me on Twitter about it. No, no, it. Have, have all the tedious exchanges with James that you want on Twitter. They love that shit. 
Yeah, my yeah, handle is at CopRespector420. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. All right. Yeah. No, can I, I, can I, I just before before we move off hot fuzz? Can I just say as well, it's half an hour too long. Yeah. Um, like all the all the I'm not sure all the action stuff at the end is fucking dog shit. Um, it's just it's like it's like something Robert Rodriguez would direct. It's just so bad. And um, and also <laughs> it's, kinda... it's it's baffling to me that they have so little faith in their um in their reference to the thing where everywhere Keanu Reeves jumps out of a plane. What's that called? Point break. Point break. Yeah. Point break. They 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 ref they want to reference like point break at the end of that film, but they just assume incorrectly that literally they're the only two people in like the UK who have even heard of point break. And so to have like three like preamble like pre like do you know what I mean? Straight gets straight up gets asked if he's ever fired a gun in the air while screaming. Like in Point Break, and then <laughs> yeah, they yeah. show you the scene yeah, from Point Break where Keanu yeah. fires the gun up in the air, screaming, and then they reference it at the end, and it's like, "What the fuck is this, man?" Do you know what I mean? It's... Uh, that, that's that's what's known in the trade as, as foreshadowing, it's, Jamie. It is yeah. absolutely <laughs> clunky as fuck. Like, I think so. I'm I'm gonna disagree with you here, Jamie, and I'm gonna give you a compliment when I say it. I think you are a better critic and connoisseur of these things than your average cinema goer at the time Hot Fuzz was released. And in their defense, it was also like their second big movie. So like, if you get a fair bit of credit, I don't think for, I think it's intentionally a little bit naff in the, in the action sequence at the end in a kind of like a very British self-aware way that I can't quite articulate. I so don't I'm disagree I, with Yeah, you, but it just but... goes on, it goes on far too long if that's the case. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you're gonna if you're gonna go ah we did the action but the action's kind of shit because it's British that's fine but like don't do so much of it then do you know what I mean it just it just goes on and on it's like people just firing guns at like nothing do you know what I mean there's no like okay okay R- release the Jamie cut is what we're saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough all right um I was I was trying to think like is there a good video game angle on Copaganda. And I was kind of struggling. Um, the, the only game that I can think of about cops at all right now still is Disco Elysium, but that's like effectively not cops. Well, they well, something like L.A. Noir. Uh, oh, yeah. God, I fucking hated L.A. Noir. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's bad. Um, and it's a period I, um, piece which if it's such a distant period piece it makes it hard to to contextualise in the same way for this modern stuff it's the thing about Elie Noir is it, it like, draws so heavily on like stuff like James Elroy but with like mm. none of what makes him good yes 100% yes yeah I'm, I might I like, might have gotten on with that had it not been like partially GTA as well um, like yeah. it didn't need to be an open world game. I I played about half an hour of that, and then like fucking I, like heated the disc into a hedge or something. It was just <laughs> I, I, like the first case. There's been some sort of crime involving a car from an embassy, and like you go mm-hmm. there, and I'm looking at this like car, and you can clearly see one of the little flags on the on the wing of the car has snapped off, and I've got the fucking like. Gadgy, the, the detective, just like humping the fucking car, and I, it will not give me a prompt to interact and go. Oh, that flag's broken off there, and I'm like, right, okay, fuck it. Clearly not. Clearly, he's not going to look at that. It's not important. And then we go to interview a suspect, 
uh, like someone's mother or something, and the fucking broken off flag is in the ashtray, and you can't talk about it because you didn't get the prompt of the car. <laughs> and I'm like, right, and we get back in the fucking car, and we're trying to drive back to the like original crime scene, but like because it's like open world, you've got to like navigate there on your own, and we end up in a tunnel under the crime scene, and I just lost my rag, and I was like, no, this is fucking. I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, Jamie doesn't enjoy being a cop is not the biggest <laughs> surprise I've ever heard. But, uh, no, it's, a, it's, it's it's not a great game. It's certainly one you want to watch someone competently play through it if you want to have the experience of it, and that's it. It's preferable to playing it. I'm genuinely yeah. convinced that is that was a tech experiment for Rockstar developing yeah, like, future I, I, stuff I, for GTA. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, the, the biggest problem with that was that it essentially was a, a technology suite looking for a game rather than a game... Mm that had some technology because it the whole thing is about that facial capture and stuff but then like they also assume that the audience are fucking and the, the players are fucking morons so like every like facial expression of like anger or or, or fear is like you know the, the eyeballs just sort of roll up into the sky mm-hmm. and you know the the, the the eyebrows disappear down into somebody's chin and it's like oh they're sad okay <laughs> you know like there's, there's no subtlety to it whatsoever because they assume that the audience are more- I think um I honestly, if, if we're talking about cop games, turning a dial that says facial expressions <laughs> back and forth and looking back at the audience. Yeah, <laughs> if we're talking about cop games, uh, the SWAT games. Oh yes, um, yeah. they are so they are so like in such a weird place because they were great to play. But obviously, the idea that like the, the the sort of the fantasy of like oh you're you're like just kicking someone's like house to bits while you like shoot them or whatever because you think they've done meth once is is fucking atrocious. <laughs> but the actual like moment to moment gameplay of like clearing the rooms and everything is is very satisfying in that like in that sort of middle aged man way. You know what I mean? It's the same sort. It's a Tom Clancy thing, isn't it? Where you like. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Rainbow Six is basically the same thing, but with like terrorists instead of like like uh, meth labs or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and like the, the much like Rainbow Six, the first Rainbow Six was very kind of measured and tactical, and it was all yeah. very about like and, planning and execution. And now and they're fighting cool. aliens, but as <laughs> yeah, like now they're literally <laughs> fighting aliens, according to E3. Thanks, Ubisoft. That's that might I'm sure that might Tom Clancy that is totally might actually be good. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it might be good just because they kind of... I honestly think what happened is they were going to release a mobile game, which the director or whoever on it, the, the lead creative head honcho, was like the son of some guy at Ubisoft. Like, not yeah. even joking. He was, he was my big fail son from some Ubisoft <laughs> bigwig. And so they released... They were pr- producing this game, which was about... Oh, is this the one where, street yeah, where protests, the, the villains were yeah, like Black street, Lives Matter, but they didn't call them Black Lives Matter? Oh, yeah, the, like, street protests in the US, Black Lives Matter except these crowds are being stirred up by a sinister organization in the background called umbra and it's like uh, hmm umbra umbral of the night hmm wonder how they got to what wonder what the connecting factor is here <laughs> what the inspiration up, was for this particular they organization had the uh, black lives matter um, logo though didn't they yeah, they yeah. did. They had the, well. It's not really Black Lives Matter exactly, but they've used it, and it's the upturned yeah. fist and um, yeah, upraised fist, I should say. Sorry, and like uh, yeah, so they caught a bunch of shit for that, and I think going with aliens yeah, it, is them trying if it's to aliens, it can't be political. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, exactly I honestly it. think they've just they've they've just had so much shit over their stupid lack of politics or their bad politics because I mean, Far Cry. Um, 
five had the same problem because it was like set yeah. in America about a, a weird religious cult. And I was like super excited going, oh, maybe they're actually going to have fun with this. And it, it's garbage. Don't play it. Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons it's garbage is they like, they're very careful to make sure the cult is multiracial and accepting of others and stuff like that. But they're still an evil, wicked cult rather than actually going for the very historically, you know, incepted uh, reality of weird Christian cults. They also don't make them a Christian cult either. Like, they just, they won't fucking commit. They won't actually, you know, so you can't really have fun with something if it's trying to ape the real world yeah. but not ape it. And it's trying to ape the real world but not be political. So what's the solution to that? Aliens! Yeah, I mean, it might, it might be good though, because, like, presumably, if it involves aliens, then it's going to be, like, uh, like co-op play a lot rather than because Rainbow Six Siege is quite a good game, but mm. like if you if what you want is to like methodically like do you know what I mean like do the whole sort of like tactic tactical fucking fantasy thing and just cl- methodically clear a room like you know room room by room until you've saved the president or whatever, and then like Rainbow Six Siege is like oh no you've got to play it against like fucking teenagers on the internet and they're all just gonna fucking kill you instantly. <laughs> And then call you was and then call you a slur. You know what I mean? Done. It's like yeah, grand. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe aliens. Well, that's it, actually that's much closer to the actual cops yeah. who will just like shoot you in the head for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh right. Okay. Um. So I think James, you said that you had a couple of examples of um fairly accurate depictions of the cops. Well, sort of. I've got one and a half example, and the right. half example is something I've already mentioned, which is The Wire. The Wire is pretty good when it comes to depicting the war on drugs and how America has responded to it and how the police kind of live under the reality of it. Back in the day, things have devolved since then. It's now out of date, basically. Um, but that side of it, they're fairly unflinching about, and it's not a bad depiction because it shows how, you know obsession with stats and numbers driven by the war on drugs and the ability to fundamentally to prove that you are doing a good job fighting a battle which cannot be won right um has led to the police force just being complete garbage and made them into thugs essentially that's like a major through line in the wire um which includes like an older cop sitting down a younger cop and telling him he's a shit cop and it's not his fault it's because he's come up under the war on drugs essentially so that's that's like pretty good and again the wire is good it's a good show it's got interesting characters it's got cool drama Uh, it takes a few episodes to kind of get it but once it kicks in i find it quite good and it's worth a watch the other show you can't get anymore I've mentioned this before in passing. I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod, but there was a British TV show called The Cops, right? And it was a very unflinching look at what life is like for actual cops. And for season one, they had very close cooperation with the police federation and um, they had consultancy from actual cops who were on the beat, etc., And uh, to give you an idea of how it begins, it begins with a young woman partying all night, taking ecstasy and shit um, and doing, you know, various kinds of illegal activities. And then she's getting out of the club and looking at her watch going, oh, shit, I need to get to work. And smash cut to she walks into the locker room and she's a cop. Right. So, you know, already it's setting up that this is going to be a look at how the cops actually are. And it involves like... It involves all the horrible shit practices that you would expect to hear about the cops, including like, you know, two cops are chasing a guy and the older cop has a heart attack 
and ends up in the hospital. And the other cop, his seasonal arc is fitting up the guy who ran away and gave his partner a heart attack for no other reason than he gave his partner a heart attack by running away. And so it's got like shit like that. But it also has stuff like the cops responding to like suicide, like threats and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's interesting. It's genuinely nuanced. It shows the cops to be the total bastards that they are, but also shows like it actually does a pretty decent job of showing like how someone could do this job and not be a complete and utter bastard, but made to behave as a bastard by the fact they're doing that job. Right. Um, surprise, surprise, season, all seasons after season one got no further cooperation with Police Federation, and it has fucking sunk below the lake, it is impossible to find, I had to send away to a dodgy guy based somewhere in Tel Aviv to send me burnt DVDs of it to be able to watch it. Um, like, you can't even get it on fucking, like, you know, LimeWire equivalents or, you know, any BitTorrent sites. It doesn't... I have not been able to find it. Um, I only was able to find it by going on eBay, essentially, and finding a guy running a very dodgy sh uh, store through there. Um... And, and get the, the disc sent across. Are you telling me they've, they've done some kind of Operation Legacy on this show? They've just, like, dumped kinda, it into the ocean. It honestly feels like it's been memory hold because it's a good show, by the way. I, like, I enjoyed it. Um, especially, like, it, it's it's got good drama and it's also a fairly realistic portrayal of the police and how fucked up they are. Um, and it's just gone. Like, it's available... It was available for purchase on VHS on Amazon. That gives you an idea of, like, how niche it was. But there was never a DVD release of it. And I believe... I believe it was BBC, if I recall correctly. Let me look it up real quick, actually, and we'll... See, I think, really, the reason that this show never really kind of stuck around is because, from the very start, your immersion is completely broken by the idea that a cop would be able to successfully purchase drugs to enjoy. <laughs> 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 it was uh yeah it was originally aired on bbc2 in 1998 to 2001 right um so it's it's kind of old uh but it was it you know they received a single rerun on uk tv drama in the early 2000s and that's it it, it vanished without a, a trace essentially and it's uh yeah it's the only cop show i've looked at where i've been like well this is a fairly accurate portrayal well, and that's it. All the others. How, how you know, dare you? Got because like, are you suggesting that something like Linda Leplant's killer net is unrealistic? <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I don't even know if that. If, I don't even think that qualifies as a cop show. I just had. I just felt obligated to bring it up. Um, <laughs> every yeah, I mean, it would be cultural committee. Every cop show does eventually do Linda Leplant's killer net, though. Like, you know what I mean? They, <laughs> As far as I, yes. as far as I, it's like it's like a rule that it, yeah, eventually you have to do a thing where someone is using the internet to do murders, and like oh, this the live streaming the, the murder and everyone's watching it. Oh my god, do you know what I mean? It's like all right. Does that mean that 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 Black Mirror episode with the killer bees is technically a cop show? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if it's technically a cop show, but it's it's definitely uh, Linda Plant's killer net. Yeah. <laughs> is uh. So I have a question. Is a, is a touch of cloth personally? Is is that like a, provisionally a, a cop show? Yes. Oh. I think. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Fuck. It's been long since I've seen that. In the same in the same way that like um, Police Squad is a cop show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Police Police Squad then, is definitely a cop show. Um. I don't know if it's copaganda though. 
Well, that's a, mm. that's a question, isn't it? I'm actually really impressed that me and David have been able to get through this entire episode without talking about Taggart. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Taggart, and I am fucking... I'm keeping it that way. <laughs> oh, you're missing a core part of your heritage, I'm afraid. I, no, so I'm fucking told by every English <laughs> bastard that wants to say yeah, th- this segment is for our friends in Glasgow and Scotland more broadly. <laughs> <Fuck Enjoy it. laughs> Literally all I remember about Taggart is um, I, th- that it was on telly once and one of the cops was the roommate that they like absolutely fuck off in um, Shallow Grave. Mm. You know, at the start where they're like the, the, the ginger lads there and, and he's like dead excited to live with them and they just go like, why would we want to live with you? And they all laugh at him and... Like that guy turned up as a cop and target, and I, I don't. I'd literally just watched Shallow Grave, and then uh, like a couple of days later, my mom was watching Target, and I was like, "Oh, I've never seen that guy before." You know, back in the days before IMDb solved that problem forever. <laughs> like I was on my way on my way out of the house for a night out, and I just spent the whole night in like the in like the fucking club, just sat there like just trying to remember where I'd seen that fucking prick from Target before. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, yeah. All right. So everything's propaganda, effectively. I think is what we've established. Hi. See, well, actually, okay. I want to do. I want to do. I want to do like an honourable mention to the one cop show that I think is sort of all right, which is um, Mm -hmm. Ironside. Okay, I've heard interesting things about Um, it. I'm I'm talking about the original '60s Ironside with uh, with Perry Mason in it. Um, not the reboot, which I haven't watched, but I did see it. I did Fuck. see a trailer where I inside was hanging a guy off a roof and threatening to drop him if he didn't confess, which is just so far away from like my <laughs> understanding of what I inside is meant to be that it was hilarious. Um, all right, well, thank fucking god because that remake is I didn't know there was an original, so when you mentioned it there, I was like. Uh, okay, yeah, let's 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 see where Jamie's going with no, this. No, so one. the original, um, the guy's like in a wheelchair because he was shot by a sniper or something, and he had to like he's now a consultant for the police rather than an actual cop. Um, that's a whole weird genre we haven't even yeah, touched on because that's also surely yeah, oh uh, yeah. Well, he's he's a consultant. He's a consultant for the cops in San Francisco. Um, and he he has like an ex-con as he's like uh like personal helper. You know, because he obviously needs help to get in and out of his like loft in San Francisco or whatever. Um, but his whole thing is that he's like focused entirely on like um, like helping criminals. Do you know what I mean? Like rehabilitate and everything. And that's he's, he's right. trying. Like I, I mean, obviously, I haven't I haven't watched the whole thing, and I, I've only like I haven't seen it in a while. But from like what I remember of episodes that I, I just saw on the telly when it was on is that his whole thing is that like, you know, the cops should try not to like <clears throat> drive people down the road to more crime. They should try and like be sensitive and like people can change if you help them and stuff like that. Um, and so his thing was mm. all, it was always like, Oh, the cops are after this guy who'd like done time and they, they, they're going to, they're convinced like, you know, the a crime's been done and it must be that guy. Cause he just got out of jail and he would like, sort of like track the guy down and prove that it wasn't him and that the cops were like being too shit about it which is like mm-hmm. so you're telling me that the, the main purpose of this guy was to get people away from the cool world of doing <laughs> crimes and into the world of working minimum wage at Burger King or something. yeah shit. well it, yeah he sounds square it was as the hell. 60s um 
But like his whole thing was that like justice should be rehabilitative rather than punitive, which is you know I, I, I'm I'm yeah, going to say a fairly unique take for what was ostensibly a cop show. Yeah, certainly, at this point, yeah. I actually, you know what, Jamie, you just solved something because I was going to suggest that it might be a good idea to finish by giving a definition, a working definition of how to tell something is cop gander, and maybe it's that. Maybe it's fundamentally it comes from a premise. It comes from a position that justice must be done in a retributive fashion and that this is okay and yeah. good actually for a variety of different reasons. Maybe that is the definition of copaganda because I can't think of a single show that doesn't fundamentally ro- revolve on that premise out of all the ones we mentioned, including the lighthearted shit like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, yeah it's, always, it's always like... Um... That you know, you should like you should not trust people ever. And if you did a crime once, you'll always do a crime again. Um, I can I remember my the 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 username that I've I've used online quite a bit. I actually I, I I'm not going to say I got it from a a cop show, but I'd 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 stayed up one night at about about like three a.m. I'd seen some fucking absolute. I think it was Canadian. <coughs> Some absolutely fucking atrocious piece of shit cop show on Channel Four or something in in the middle of like the small hours of the morning, um, and there was a guy and like th- this bloke had gotten out of prison. He'd been like, he'd, I think he'd been a pedo, and he'd gotten out of prison, and then a kid had gone missing, mm. and this cops like just mm-hmm. straight round and like fucking like lift the guy. It must be him, but they've got no evidence or witnesses or anything. It it's just this cops like hunch. And he like he gets chewed out by his boss, and his boss is like, "Oh God damn it, you've got to like stop." And I couldn't remember like the what the actual name of the cop was, so I made something stupid up when I was explaining, like when I was reciting how awful the show was to the wife. And then I ended up using that name online for like a decade or something at this point. But <laughs> it's very strange for a, a cop to be called Cop Prospector. But I suppose. That's <laughs> oh yeah, because I've been using that for a decade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jamie never been banned yeah, from Twitter. Yeah, right? oh yeah, that's it. I'm I'm new here this year. Um, but it was like you know the whole the whole <laughs> thing was like they've got no evidence and no reason to suspect this guy, but this cop just like the, the the like the boss is like, God damn it, I told you to leave this case alone, and you're off the case and all this shit. And then eventually, like the, it turns out the guy did do it, and the cop's hunch was right. And it's like, well, maybe then he should have fucking like gone and looked for some fucking evidence instead of just like, you know what I mean? Maybe he should have like actually solved the crime and then people would have believed him instead of just like fucking bulldozing in and going, must be him because my, my, my fucking hunch says so. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it just. Yeah, I mean, on the... honorable mention to the concept of the rap sheet in cop shows and how that gets leveraged to betray people as yeah, criminals, yeah. basically. The the best I mean it's uh, it's from a very old podcast I think it was run by Charlie Brooker at the time uh, or no it wasn't a podcast I think it was even a TV show fuck knows what it was it was years ago but he, they were all trying to pitch concepts for a new cop movie new cop series and the best one that I thought came out of it was Brooker who said yeah my new show is called The Reckoner and it's just like cops walking into a room pointing at a random person going. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon it's him. And then that's the end of the episode. Yeah. I mean the, the rest the rest of a stitch up is just formality at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right then. Um well I think that's probably as good a place as any to leave this. Um so uh first off, Ben, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Um where can people find you doing what you do? 
Oh god, you know my my username on Twitter is an absolute mouthful, but it's Patricia Patient. I won't go through the the whole reason behind that. I'm also in participation on Twitch. Uh, I hope you'll put that in the we, show notes because yeah, otherwise it's will. a bastard to spell. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right, and we've got um, waifu Wednesdays to look forward to, don't we? Yeah, it'll be tomorrow. Although I suppose it won't be when this no, is going out. It'll, it'll, it'll be. It'll be, it'll be yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so catch the VOD if it's still up. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the listeners, we will catch you on Thursday unless you have subscribed to the Patreon for the bonus episode, which will be available this Tuesday coming. Yes, it will be magic. Look forward to that. Look forward I've, to I've only wonderful... gone written eight pages of show notes, so you bastards better appreciate it. Yeah, so David, David, I've, if we want our brains to be melted by Rob, where do where do we sign up for PraxisCast? You will go to patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast and you can subscribe to us there. You'll have access to that bonus episode when it is released on Tuesday. And it will have special guest Riley. So look forward to that. That's Riley from Trash Future, yeah? It is, yeah, yes. Riley is from Riley Trash from Future. Future. Yep. Yep. And buy some shirts. People have People haven't been buying enough shirts lately. (laughs) (laughs) Because Citizen, the Central Planning Committee is dismayed (laughs) at the the lower than anticipated quota of shirt consumption. You must up your game or we'll be forced to dissolve you and elect a new listenership. (laughs) Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash praxiscast and we will see you all when we see you. Cheers. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.